Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Guitar Wank Podcast number 99. No, well, no, it yeah. doesn't matter what yeah, it is. 99 XYZ. But this is a big night. It's a huge night. It's a huge night. Because? It's so big. Bruce? It's so big. This is Martin Luther King Day, first of all. Right. Day night. That it comes out That's on. big. Yep. And, but what's also big is this makes the official two-year anniversary of Guitar Wank. Of the show. Wank. Yeah. We made it. Two years. And I want to thank Two you years. guys for hanging it. Scott, you've never looked so good. Thank What's you. What's up, bitch? <laughs> well, I know the operation's doing great. And that new uh -huh. cream, that new cream you're using, man, what can I say? And yeah. the hair straightening, it's, it's all going stuff. really good. It's all going really good. What can I say? Thank you, man. Okay. Well, it's good to hear you. I got I, boobs. Oh yeah, yeah. I, know, I know you did, and, and you know, and the, and the backside's looking good too. Well, thank you. And which, that was always your best side, anyway. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited about today's show. I've been really excited about this, Danny. Have you? We have Danielle DeAndrea here, Yay. who something for Scott. We're Scott free Scott. tonight. Scott, Scott free. Yeah. Scott is is he, he said he had ants and he had to let them out. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. But if all our fans, all our listeners would know that, well, hopefully you would know that you guys play, they would know you guys. I would hope, but maybe they don't Bruce pay attention. Danielle from some of the posts that we've posted <laughs> Absolutely. on Guitar Wank. If they do know us at all, yeah. or me at all, it'll be from your yeah. posts. That's Danielle's it. one of, you're, you are seriously one of my favorite singers in the world. I think your Aww. voice is as close to perfection as I think a vocalist can get. Oh, thanks. Wow, I, that's I love your voice. That's huge. <laughs> Definitely, is a th it reminds me, when I was younger, I used to listen to Doris Day. This is, I'm coming out now. I used to listen to Doris Day. Oh, <laughs> okay, if he was listening to Doris Day, hey, this, this is definitely, a, yeah, I really. I must have been about six or seven. Everybody had the hots for Doris Day. Who didn't? She was, really? Even I, I had the hots for her. Doris Day, and I just couldn't believe that someone could sound so angelic. Like, her voice was just so perfect. We had this album and it was just like, yeah. and you remind me of that. I think you take me back to that time. Wow, thank you. And wow. you guys together, like seriously, listeners, if you haven't listened to these two together, I think world class. Like it's hey, world class. Well, we do, well, thank you. you know, we love, I love singing with Bruce. You know, we're, 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 kill. we're all the very best in our price range. Yes. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, we, we decided because Scott couldn't make it, we'd get Danny here. We'd talk about uh, everything. Of course, this is making me a little uncomfortable because now I am outnumbered. We have more Australians than Americans. <laughs> yes, finally. So this is making me a little uncomfortable, but I think I'm, I can handle it. I'll, you can do, can handle it, Bruce. Can I have a safe word? Can it be like a koala bear or something? Safe word. Um, um, can it be a rude word kangaroo? or can it be a straight good word? Shagger. What's um. a good Aussie rude word? Rooted. There you go. Rooted. Rooted. Yeah, okay. rooted. I'm rooted. rooted. I'm rooted. rooted. Okay. I'm rooted. All right. Yeah. So now I got a safe word in case it gets weird here. Now hold on. Where, <laughs> where in Australia are you originally from? Where were you born? Born in Sydney. You're a Sydney girl. I'm a Sydney girl. And yeah, you moved to Melbourne. Time. I lived in Melbourne for a year. Oh. Only I, for a year. I but I, you were I love a Melbourne. Melbourne. Girl. I, I know a lot of people think I'm from Melbourne. Right. Maybe because it's the wog in me. Yeah. You know, I'm now, Lebanese. Gotta, you got to stop thing. there. Oh, okay. You in Australia, that. if you're Italian or Lebanese or Greek or, you know, just not a whitey, um, <laughs> you're basically called a wog, a wog, which apparently stands for Western origin or Western Oriental gentleman, apparently from back in the day. Really? Yes. So it was, you know, it's like, it's not derogatory. It's not good. But when I grew up, I went to a very, very rich private white girls school and I was the only wog there. And my name was Danielle Gahar Scott because... My mum remarried, and they just took the gahar out and called me Danielle Scott. 
Because wow. having like a heart Lebanese name in there is a bit hard, you know. Oh, wow. So, um, but yeah, I grew up in Sydney. I'm, I'm so you're lesbian? Lesbian, that's right. <laughs> Lebanese. Oh, Lebanese. It's close, okay. though. It's same. I mean, I didn't think, you know, I didn't think it mattered thing, when you're that same. young. Who cares? No, it's Lebanese. Like, Oh, Lebanese okay. surname. Okay. Okay. See? Sorry about, the North sorry Shore about with that. The Gaha sounds like a normal name to me. I mean, I don't see how. Well, it's actually Jaha originally. Okay. I mean, they well, changed to Gaha in Australia. <laughs> now, hold, now, what, what, do we, we still use Wog back home, right? Oh, God, yeah. Now, when I grew up, I was the same thing. Oh, you're a bloody Wog. And when yeah. I was a kid, I used to get and so offended. that would be an Italian, now, a dark-skinned person. Dark, yeah. Greek, Mediterranean. Not, no, Mediterranean. Yeah. Yeah. Italian. Italian. You know. Greek. Anything like that. Lebanese. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Mediterranean. Anything better than us. Spanish. <laughs> Spanish yeah, would count yeah, too. Yeah, Anything yeah. else better than the Aussies, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. We're pretty racist. We're extremely racist, yeah, we're but we're not, we don't hide it as much as they do here in America. We put it out like it's pretty, and we have commercials out in Australia that you could never even air here. Really? Remember that one, Forget Some Pork on Your Fork? <laughs> it's for Asian food. No, it's for Bing Lee. I like Bing Lee. Yeah. Oh yes, it was yeah. for uh, appliances. And at the, and and, the, and there was another one. They'd say, "Get some pork on your fork," and they'd speak like an Asian. And terrible, yeah. terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're pretty bad. Really bad. We're really bad. But we, we don't have... hide it as much as here. So it's come out more in the last few years yeah. since so and so got in. And again, we've been as just a, as bad to the Aboriginals as we've been really bad to the Aboriginals. Very, Very similar to the American. How the American same, Indians. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. So, it's their land, not yeah. ours. Because yeah. I have a lot of Americans saying you're American bashing, Troy. But when I American bash, I'm really Australian bashing as well. Yeah, it's the same. Well, yeah. We're all got lot. We're growing. We're jazz musicians. We get treated just as bad as everybody else. Come on. <laughs> That's so true. You know. So true. The yeah. bandwich in the yeah. back, yeah. the wedding. Yeah, really, you, know? you know, really, when your parents don't want you to marry anybody, you know. Hey, mom, I'm, he's a jazz musician. Oh no, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you go for a bank loan. You're jazz musician. Oh yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, but jazz musician—that's. I would say that's probably nearly worse than a normal musician. Yeah. As well, in, well, I think I mean, maybe back in the day, but now it's considered to be jazz is a little bit classier. The classier, and yeah. people are in. I mean, I have to say, from when I was growing up to now, kids that want to take music as a subject now at school and things like that—it's much more widely accepted. You can do it for HSC, which is like your finals and at school. Yeah, here. right. They have yeah. When I was growing up, we could now. never do that. No, Never. No, 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 no. I would. Otherwise, no. I would have stuck out. Of yeah, you can. Yeah, you right. get a degree for it. Now. Yeah. Yeah. But you couldn't do that when I was. I couldn't do singing as part of my thing at school. Right. Until the year after I left, they brought it in. Thanks. Now, hold it. Now, how did you get? Because I've always wondered about this. How did you get into singing? Okay. So my dad was a drummer, oh, and all okay. of my Lebanese side all sing. They're all beautiful singers naturally. They're all. They had. Yeah. They sung on bandstand and. The, the aunties all sang and things like that. My mum could sing, but she was a dancer, an incredible dancer. Right. You mum had a dancing school, right? Yep. Yeah. 53 years. She wanted to be a singer. Like, she just said, I would love to be able to sing, but she never thought she could. But I've heard her and she can. She just didn't think she was good enough. So it was kind of like she willed me. She named me after a French singer that came out to the clubs in the late 60s. And she said, I want my daughter to have that name. It's some Danielle de Vries or something. I don't know who she was. Right. And, um, and then she rubbed her belly a lot and said, you're going to sing. And then I came out of the womb and all I wanted to do was dance. And I would cry when she'd make me sing. All I wanted to do was dance. Wow. And she'd say, I want you to sing this song while the kids dance behind you. And I just want to dance. <laughs> Until I was 18. And yeah. then I went, I think I want to sing. And she was so, uh, so oh, happy. Just... No, I always sung in things, but right. I never wanted to do it. Like I'd sing okay. in the car and I'd work out harmonies. And I loved music and I loved Stevie Wonder, but I was never like, oh, I want to be up the front singing. And, but my mum told me every day, like, let the world hear you, let the world hear you. She'd always, I never had a problem with my confidence with singing. And a lot of the problem comes from growing up 
wanting to sing or in a household where people aren't musicians and you sing and they say, be quiet, and then you never sing again. Mm. I was always encouraged to do it. So as soon as I opened my mouth to go and do it properly, I wasn't scared of what was going to come out. So, does that make sense? Yeah, makes She told me all the time how good I was. Yeah. She didn't tell me how good I was at math. That would have helped if she did. <laughs> I might have been better at school. But um, yeah, so that's why I just kind of worked. When I was 18, I decided to go on Star Search in Australia. Oh, you went to get a little video, which is like American Idol. Here, it was right? like Star Search was here too. Oh, I think that was here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I got yeah. to the semi-final. Yeah. And um, I could tell you now because it was fucking years ago. <laughs> but I got to the semi-final, and they had to pre-record my section because I had to go and do a show with Glenn Shorrock. I just started working professionally with Glenn Shorrock. He was a judge. Who was the so, lead singer, Little Ruby Band? Little Ruby Band. Yeah. And so I got this gig at Kinsella's, and you know, I did the the what do you call the first lots of heats and you get through to the semi-finals and you've got to wait a few months till you come back to the semi-finals. And within that time, I got this job with Glenn Shorrock. And um, they had to pre-record my section because I had to leave early to go to do this show. And Greg Evans, who was the host, apparently back in the day, he got very, very flustered because he got all confused (laughs) with whose order of what. And he had to do it two weeks in a row. If I won, he had to do it again the following week. And he was a big one of those guys oh, doing lots of bad stuff. Right, you so, did lots yeah. of blow. Yeah, yeah, lots of blow. And, um, hey, I've got a story, but I won't go in there. And, um, <laughs> and so the, apparently I won, but they didn't want to have to go through the whole rigmarole because he, he embarrassed himself in front of the audience and everything when they were pre-recording my intro. And so the yeah. girl that won, won, whatever. Right. And um, I didn't get to the finals, but um, I found out later on that I was supposed to have got to the finals. Wow. So big, two big competitions I did with things like that happen. And did that did that really help your career or not? Uh, well, it got me the gig with with Glenn Shorrock right? Because he saw me on that and yep. called me in the next week for an audition. So was that with Al- Little River Band? No, it not? was called um, it was called One for the Money, and he was solo with a band called the Eddies and me and another girl, oh, and wow. he did all stuff from the fifties and sixties. Yeah, and um, he was a great impersonator of Tina Turner and uh, Joe Cocker, so we'd come out and do that. Okay. It was when he left LRB and. John Farnham joined LRB. Oh, okay. And then John saw me in Glenn's show and then John started using me. That's how, you know how it is in Australia. Yeah. Now, yeah. All, our, all our European fans would know John Farnham. In Germany, they'd know him from Europe. Your love was trying to understand it. That's yeah. the big hit, right? John and Sweden and all those places. Sweden, yeah. America wouldn't. Mm. Which is, isn't it crazy? No, they some Americans would know him from playing to win. If you want me, come and get me. Because that's the song he wrote with LRB. Oh, okay. that was that's, yep. I think it was one of the first hits he had. LRB, Little River Band. Yeah, Little River Band. Who? But he's they were like the Australian Eagles. Yeah, they were. They were like our big. Wasn't that our first big thing that got released I, here? Probably even before ACDC, right? They had some killer songs. Help was on its way. Remember it Friday on, yeah. night? It was late. I was walking you home. Oh man, oh, that's a great killer song. Stuff. Help was on yeah. its way. So many songs. I had lessons with Steve Housden, the guitarist, oh, wow. for a while. Oh, I'm Melbourne. still really good friends with Glenn and Joe. Glenn Shorrock and Joe's oh, okay. wife. I'm, I'm there in my life a lot. They're now, beautiful. Steve Housden, he, he got the name of LRB, Little River Band. And That's I guess a whole pissed other trip, off. that story. Yeah, like... Because they whole, can't use it. Glenn yeah. and the guys that were LRB can't use it. That crazy weird shit happened. Wow. And Steve came in later. He wasn't one of the original. Right. Yeah, no, he wasn't, no. no. So, yeah. Wow. Anyway, that's, you know... That's crazy. Yeah. Now, you toured with John... Well, I took, no, first of all, I did a single with John when I was 18 or 19 called right. Communication. That, yeah. It was all about drugs okay. and alcohol abuse. Yeah. And, um, and that The song, songs were all about just that? Just one song. It was called Communication. It was when John was huge and they were looking for Oh, but the gig that, was all about that. No. Just no. the one song. <laughs> I'm ex- Maybe the it song, was, I'm but confused. I wasn't around. The song type. The song, the song type was, all, was for drug and, and alcohol awareness. That's what okay. it's called. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a big, big thing they did in Australia, and they got this new young girl who was me to sing with John, and then I, you know, got a little deal and did some yep. singles. That never, nothing ever happened. Then I flew to 
Now, Adam Michael Walden saw me on Hey Hey It's Saturday. He produced Whitney's first record, Mar Mariah's first record, all the big first records. And he saw me, flew me over. Wow. To San Francisco. Um, yeah, and I remember we did that. some demos. I remember yeah. when Narada was doing all this. I was living there then. Right, I didn't, right. wasn't we playing did some demos anymore, and um, and then I went back home and then he flew me over again and did some more demos and that was it. Nothing ever came of it because of some things that I probably mightn't want to have done. Like, like that couch we were talking about. Uh -huh. Right, the, the casting couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very sweet and it was a lot, a lot of experience, a lot of right. good fun. And then I came back to Australia and then moved to London, got a deal in London and started working over there. So wow. I was signed to Sony in London and had a, did a whole album that never got released. How? Another one. I've got like three. Wow. But hey, good experiences. And how long were you in London for? Four years. Four years. I had three singles. I was the first Australian artist to break the dance R&B charts in Australia ever. Really? Yep. And um, so I had like number two dance tunes. And then I had a couple of singles. We did three great videos and everything was going great but it was back in the day when they had a lot of money and record companies ran everything and it was sony epic yeah and my second single was called do it for love i think i can't remember great song they put it out it got a-listed on all the radio stations the week after they put it out and then they pulled it from the shelves because they hadn't been on played on the radio so you could hear it on the radio and not buy it like one of those scenarios and never re-released it it was just this common thing that always happened with everything that i did it was kind of like so close and then oh now, I've got to stop us here because Sorry, I just realised... No, no, no. I just realised something. Danielle, you are actually the sole reason why Guitar Wank is today. No way. You are. How come? Because yeah. I reason. met yeah, you. you, you I met Bruce because of you. Right. I got invited with Tanya Oh, Do my God, to the gig at the jazz club. The jazz club in Beverly Hills. <laughs> when you took the air. When you, with the night Bruce took the, the bass player in. That's the night. That's the That's night the I night. was there. Really? Oh, I really? was there, and you know the stupid I thing is. I thought it was at, at the Melrose Theater. No, 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 no that was, was the, the night. I, I wore the. I remember oh. what I wore. I remember having photos with you oh, and chatting okay. with you, and and okay. I I went there with. <laughs> I was I yeah. there with Tanya? Yeah. You were there with Tanya yeah, and Kyle Tanya was there too? from Bachelor Girl, yeah. and I had no idea that Bruce was in the band. I had no idea. I knew Bruce. Of you course, knew of him. Of course, I knew of. I was a massive fan of Bruce, and I remember sitting there. And think, wow, that guitar player is really good. Yeah, phenomenal. And fact. then at the end of the night, you introduced the band. I'm like, did she just say Bruce Foreman? And I couldn't believe it. And I then you were at the very next gig at Cowbop. I remember That's you right, were the I very next fellow but, there. But also, so that was all before that gig we did at the Melrose Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Theater. And yeah. I met you at, then I went to Cowbop. Danielle right. dragged me to Cowbop oh, right, in Viva right. Cantina. And I went up and introduced myself right. to you that oh, night. Okay. And said, your teacher used to play it. Like, yeah, yeah, that's when I said, talk yeah. about Tony. Oh, wow, that's nice. So you are the connection for Guitar Wank. There you go. Wow, you're the queen of Guitar Wank. I'm the queen of Guitar Wank. Oh, yeah. Crazy. I don't know if I'd put that in my bio. but <laughs> Well, uh, I think it's good. I want to be the queen of something. <laughs> guitar Wank. How crazy yes. is that? Do you know what wank means? I know what wank means. I'm Australian. <laughs> ah, you bloody wanker. <laughs> um, wow. So, hold it. London. So London, four years, three singles released, nothing really came of it. How Lost my deal. How frustrated were you at that point? Really frustrated, but looking back on it now, I go, I understand why it happened the way it did, and right. you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I'm where I'm at now, still trying to do it. But, I, but vocally and with what I know and what I can do, right. I wasn't there then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, be the best of me has come now in the last few years. Right. So, you know. I don't know. I don't know if I was if I did it and was successful. If it was really what the exact genre I wanted to be in and all that kind of stuff. Do you know, yeah, they really tried yeah. to make a pop act out of me. Right. I could dance and do all that, and that's I, that's all good. But 
don't yeah. have that much longevity. Right. And you, you left, did you go back to Australia after that? Well, that's when I went back to Australia thinking I was going back to London because they said, no, 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 because I went through three different MDs. Right. That sounds terrible, right. especially with what we're talking about now. What I mean is there were three different MDs of each. Oh, well, man, you know, I know. If, if one doctor can't fix you, you go to another, right? You need a second. Yes. I went to this one doctor. <laughs> I really, I went to this one doctor and he said to me, I was crazy. And I said, I'd like a second opinion. <laughs> And he says, well, you're ugly. Oh, <laughs> very good. No, usually when Not an MD that kind comes of MD. In, yeah, yeah, right. No, okay. different kind of MD. Yeah, okay. Musical. They uh, usually drop everyone that's on the label that's kind of not really working and start again. And they dropped everyone except me every time. And by the third one, they'd spent £450,000 on me and still not released a record, an album. We had stuff with strings. I had Pena Palladino on tracks. I had 60-piece orchestra on some. Then I was in Mellor Studio with a dance artist who was doing, drawing circles on the wall and going, I want you to sing to that love, all right? And, you know, I had 140 BPM. I'm like... Why? I can't even get, fit the words in, you know. Yeah. Just really weird shit. Right. And so then I came back home thinking I was going back over because they assured me I was. And then I got a call two months later after I'd left London saying, they've dropped you. So I had to get a friend to pack up my apartment because I couldn't afford to go back. You know, I was like really struggling. Yeah. So she sent everything over. And then two weeks into me being home, I get a call from Jamie Rigg, who used to be the MD of Star Search, saying to me, there's a new TV show starting up. You probably don't know who Ryan HGR because you've been out of the country, but they're pretty big here. Yep. This sporting life and all that. And they're starting a new cabaret style show on the ABC, piss take style show. Right. And want you want to know if you want to come and do the pilot. I was like, sure. And I met the other girl like an hour before. They put a dress on us. We sung these stings. They got the show got, you know, the go ahead and then it started and we did it for four years. Went to Norwich for twelve weeks in, in the UK and did on Channel Five live live shows from there. And so we the show on, was in London? No, the show, the show was in Sydney. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Roger Moore came on, um, all people, all different but actors and musicians. Was it, am I getting a little Howard Sternish? No. No, okay. Much more, it was like, uh, it was like if, if you know an RSL club in Australia, it was based on that. So there was a band on one side with lights around it and then there was the two singers that sung everybody on and then there was a, a variety act that would come on. Right. They gave away a meat tray in the middle of the show. <laughs> it was an hour long with no commercials. If there were commercials, we did them. Right. Like we had our own deodorant called Date. <laughs> date, it's your mate. And yeah. Date in Australia is, I don't know if it's the same as here, but right. yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then Roy and HG would interview these two different, art, two different guests each week. And yeah. one would be usually a sporting person and one would be an entertainment person. So we had like a lot of serious, serious people. And you guys show. would just take the piss. We would sing. No, we would sing like properly dressed up and stuff. But what we were singing was funny, oh, and it was okay. all live to air. Right. So the night before, we'd get this guy on a bike would give us the t a tape with Jamie Riggs singing p piano in falsetto and this piano line. These are the words, girls. And the next morning, we'd go in there and we'd run them together. I go, you take the third, I'll go below you, because she didn't read either. Right. And then we'd do a band run and then get our costumes on and live to air that night. So sometimes wow. it'd be like five, four, and I look at her and I go, I don't remember this at all. And she goes, Minnie, do you take the first line, make it up? So we just have to do that because we'd forgotten the melodies sometimes because wow. we didn't read. Uh huh. Uh -huh. So the reading uh -huh. should come in, right? If reading, we read, we reading, got it. You know, I mean, it can't hurt. You know, it can help sometimes. It can hurt other times. Ian Turpey was the host. Oh, okay. Remember yeah. Ian Turpey, yeah. Turpey, he sung with us too. And now, I would imagine that, were you doing any session work at this time? I was doing session work a lot with Louise too. Right. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in, in Sydney, yeah. yeah. But I've never done a session where they've required me to read music. The very first one I did of that was when I first moved here to Los Angeles. The right. very first week I was here. And that was quite daunting. But the guy next to me was the lead singer of Toto? No, one of those bands. I'm name dropping, but oh, a serious right. band. And he yep. goes, I don't read either, don't worry. Just <laughs> listen to it once, you've got good ears, you'll get it. And I did. Right. Yeah. You know, so. you're, you're massively quick in the, massively quick. Yeah, well, but You I, are super quick in the studio. I think it's from dancing. Yeah. 
Right. Because dancing, you've always got to think what the step is ahead before the, while you're doing the one you're doing. Yeah. So I think when I had to work out harmonies, I used to always think ahead of yeah. and still try and be in the moment. Wow. And then when did you come to the States? Now, you have an interesting story about coming to America too. Well, do I? Well, yeah. your accident. Oh, that's one of the... I've got quite a few. I had a few accidents. I had three in the first year. Oh, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Was that a sign not to come to America? No, or? no, no, no. No, I came here in 2004 to check it out, and then I came in 2006 and to stay. Right. In April 2006, the last day of April. And then was here, lived, went through a really bad divorce, and then met my beautiful husband, but we were just dating. Yeah. And we had a massive car accident, and um, the girl crashed into us, and the airbags broke my wrists, and had to learn how to use my hands again, and which I can do. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I hear. But uh, boom. <laughs> and, um, and that's where Kyle came to the rescue. That's where Kyle came to the rescue, totally. Yeah. Like he moved yeah. into his mother and moved me in and took care of me. And, what you a know, good bloke. One month in, that's bloody, that's bloody full on. Yeah, that's pretty And bad. I remember calling my mum with my two arms. If you can picture this, people, I've got my two arms out like a, like a penguin. I'm in cast from my, my cast from my shoulder to my hands, <laughs> right. right, on both of them. And I couldn't, I had a flip phone and I couldn't open. I used to have to use my nose like to go hello. <laughs> and I remember saying to my mum, Mum, Kyle wants to get married. And she said, well, you're a bloody fool if you don't marry him. He's seen you at your worst, love. Go and do it. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, okay, that's all I needed. Wow. You know, I was worried. She'd be like, no, you've right. been married before. What yeah. are you doing? You know. No, she goes, you're not going to find anyone better than that. He's a great bloke. So we got married six months later and we've been married 10 years. Wow. So, and Marissa Good. Uh, and and Carl, he's is he still out with um, Annie? No, he stopped doing Annie now. He's oh, just he... doing stuff with me and writing and building things, and he just he stopped doing that. Right, being okay. guitar. He was out with uh, Annie DeFranco, guitar yep. teching. Yep, which is a nightmare guitar. She's got like sixty something tunings. So <laughs> that's I'll like just a, leave it at that. Yeah, that's a guitar. God, tech how can nightmare. you remember how to play all those tunings? Right. Much They're more. all our own, I think. It's made of, you know, like full on. Wow. So we did a little tour together recently where Kyle came and played guitar for me and he just said it was so great to finish the gig and then pick up the gear and then just go back to the room. Right. And I have to wait around and clear up and, you know. Do all the other things. You guys went to Europe, right? Yeah. That's awesome. We're going back again. The pictures were awesome. How did it go? It was fantastic. I have to say that it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Gabby. Gabby Moreno, who you guys all should know. She's phenomenal. Now, tell us, Gabby is from... Gabby's from Guatemala. Right. She's a beautiful artist. Um, Jazz, folk, Americana, Latina, beautiful artist. She's Um, pretty big down there, right? She's pretty big down there and pretty big in certain parts of the world. And she's won... She's got a Grammy, a Latin Grammy, and she was nominated again. Her album was nominated for another Latin Grammy this year for producer. Yeah. Beautiful record. She's just done an incredible album with Van Dyke Parks. Wow. And it's with an orchestra, and it's unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable from what I've heard, and they're going to yep. release that this year. But she said to me, hey, I'm going to Germany, and we need an opener, and if you can get yourself there, you just come on the bus with us, and we put, we've provide all the rest. And I said, hey, I want to do it. I don't care what it's going to cost me, but I need to sing. I need to sing right now particularly because of what had happened with Mum. Yeah. And um, so we went to, we did Germany, we did Madrid, we did Stockholm. Oh, oh my God. And before that, we did Italy, just kind of did Italy and London, and it was yep. just it was really great to go outside of what I'm used to and sing my songs for people that, are, that can't even speak in my language and have them actually really listen and then cry because yep. they liked it. Yep. I haven't had that for a really long time. I actually not, never had that wow. really in my own hometown or... Did no, you notice like, the difference? I noticed a really big difference with the connection and with the audiences there. Um, it's like they're hanging on to the last note. Yeah, They don't clap in Germany till the very, very last note rings out. It's unbelievable. They still love the art. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I still sell CDs there and things like that, you know. Yeah. They want you to they want the they want to feel and touch it and I don't know, it was just really it was really nice. That's I don't know how long it'll last, but right. you know. 
And you, you guys, are, you're you're in Nashville now. You we're dig- in Nashville, but we're here a lot too. It's like right. we're here all back this month. Forth. Back and forth. Yeah. You back dig in Nashville? I love it, but I haven't been there long enough to actually get right. myself situated in the scene there. Because yeah. every time I go there, it's coming coming back from Australia or whatever I've done, and I've got a week and I've got to leave again. Yeah. So I'd yeah. like to spend a bit more time and, yeah. you know. Well, we've got to do another show here with you guys. Well, I'm here for the t- till the end of the month. Till the end of the month. Let's do one. Or even yeah. the first week of Feb, whatever. Oh, yeah. Or first week of Feb, that might work, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we can do this. We, it'd be really cool to stream one, so all our. I would love to stream is... one because so many friends have have gone. Those things you kept doing, can we ever see them? Even if you go live on your Facebook yeah, phone. Yeah, I think we should just rather do a proper it. stream. Yeah. 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 I had a lesson with Danny, and um, I was trying to like, and you were talking about before, and because majority of our listeners are guitarists, and probably a lot of us sing. Great. And I would imagine. A lot of guitarists, uh, the vocals are obviously second mm-hmm. and confidence is lacking in that mm-hmm. department. And that's always been my thing. It's like, oh, the biggest it's... thing is confidence. That's yeah, what it thing is. is confidence. Yeah, it's the biggest and, thing is confidence. And when I noticed with you, and I always wondered, well, why is Danielle so good? And I realized when we had a lesson why you're so good, because he's so damn particular. I'm sure this is why Bruce is so good too. Like every little... Pedantic. Is... Fucking just, you go over it and over it and over it. And I'm like, I was amazed how much you'd studied Stevie Wonder and just all his inflections. Well, that's how I learned to do stuff because I didn't really learn singing. Right. My mum made sure I was doing everything correctly and I learned from this wonderful opera teacher for six months. And I would go in there and he would have, he was this beautiful gay man and he would do all the people from theatre and what opera. What his name? Bob Tasman Smith, oh, God okay. rest his soul. Right. And he'd come in and he had one of those like really big protruding jaws and how are you darling and he don't talk like that what are we and he'd take me through all my stuff all the beautiful classical stuff and get my placement right and then he'd sit back and he'd go now what did you bring for me today and he, it, i'd bring my little backing tape of the latest top 40 tune and he would just love me because i was the only one that came and did that with him you know right. like everyone else was doing you know something from cabaret or or an opera or you know yeah so, but he taught my placement he taught me how to get my placement right and then everything else was from listening and trying to do what they were doing right so listening and, and parrot fashion and just repeating and practice and practice and practice and i've noticed that when i teach when i'm teaching someone it can get a bit boring sometimes for them i think because i will keep going over it until they can understand and actually break it up and get it right they might get it as fast as me or whatever but you've got to break it up and do it properly so you, before you can move on to the next thing yeah and that's just basic scale scales you know and doing a scale without like people go ba 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 ba, but then I go ba using this, using the muscle, you know, mm-hmm. getting your agility happening. Yep. That's what it's really a lot of it's about for me too. Yeah, yeah. Having this really clean instrument and yeah. knowing all your notes and what you can do and what you're, you know, what you're confident with. You got, yeah. you have to keep working on it. Here's my thing. There's so many artists that I love, that I loved back in the day that I listened to growing up that I wouldn't listen to now, because they haven't been working on it. They're not as good as they used to be. Oh, okay. And whereas other artists that keep doing it, that keep singing, they're still singing the songs in the same key, all of those things, because our muscle gets tired. Yeah. It gets old yeah. and it gets tired, so we've got to keep working on it. And yeah. I can hear when they're not working on it. When people say to me, I'm so terrified, I'm so nervous for this gig, I think, you haven't done the work. To be that nervous, it's good to be a bit nervous, but to be really over-nervous for me, I find you haven't done the work. Right. And you need to do the work. You have to do the work. So you point. know when you open up your mouth what's going to come out. Because you can't control this. Well, that's true of everything. It is, yeah. right? It's true of everything. It's yeah. everything. You know, playing. Playing. Practice, the same practice, thing. practice, practice, practice. Singing you, all the time. Something you said to me in, in our lesson that stuck <clears> with me, and it's it's so obvious now, but I never thought of it. Well, I never had a teacher say it to me. Is that 
just keep singing it until you think it sounds really good. When you like, say, when you like how it sounds, yeah, that's when you're going to feel better about it. When yeah. you start hearing yourself and recording it and listen to it back and going, oh, what was that? But what was that? You yeah. have to actually listen to yourself back. Yeah, and a lot of people don't like doing that. People yeah. hate hearing them cells talk on an answer machine, yeah. let alone sing, oh, you know. Yeah. So that's why I do these group vocal classes and private lessons for people just to unlock the fear. I have a very few singers that come to me because they want to be professional singers. Most people won't come to me for therapy, like instead of going to their therapist to let go of some stuff and have a sing because it's really great to make you feel good. And other people come because they just are terrified. I had this one student, lovely man, his name's Van Holman. He lives here in LA and he's a friend of Mark Goldenberg's. Mm-hmm. And Mark said that there's a friend of mine that He's an architect. He used to sing as a kid and he hasn't sung for 30 years. He's terrified. As soon as his voice dropped, he never sang again. But he was always in the choirs at school. And um, he said he wants to come and have lessons. And the first lesson I had with him, he stood in the other room. He wouldn't even stand in the same room as me. He was so terrified to sing, even a little note. By the end of the first year, we made an EP that he gave, a Christmas EP that he gave to all his family. Wow. So it's just bringing up his confidence, helping him get, you know, get through it. Yeah. It's, it's, you've got to be a special kind of teacher, I reckon. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Sure. And you've had a couple of teachers, I'm sure, that stuck with you forever. Like yeah. I, I, I did it. Even, even, not even music teachers. I'm talking about just school teachers or a dance teacher. Yeah. And the way they were and the way they got the best out of it, I've tried to incorporate that with what I do. Because I didn't go to music school. I've only learned what I teach through doing it myself. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just through my own experiences. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Now, you guys together, Then, and this is something I wanted to talk to you, having a vocalist on the show was... Yeah. Playing with a guitarist or a, 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 a being accompanied by a, an instrument, right? Yeah. What, what are some of the things that just pisses you off first? Let's get the hate things that you just can't stand that a guitarist will oh, do. Oh, guitarist? Yeah. I thought you were going to say drummers. Well, Sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love a drummer that just listens to the song and listens to the lyric and just plays the groove. And I find a lot of drummers are just not listening to what's going on and overplaying a right. lot of the time, sorry. And I, when I turn around and see a drummer just like, and they're mouthing the words, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're totally in the song with us. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? That makes so sense. So what pisses me off about guitarists, you know what bothers me is when we're trying to sound check and they go, <laughs> and it's like, we're trying to do vocals, can you just, you know, but that's, that's common everywhere. <laughs> that's never going to change. I'm married to a guitarist, so I understand a whole lot more and appreciate a whole lot more about guitarists and guitars than I never, never would have. And I ever would have done years ago. Like, mm-hmm. there's even stuff now where I go, I can pick up what guitar they're playing on a solo on a record. I go, Carl, is that a straight? Is that a... And that might be a big thing, but for me, it's a big thing because being a, big a singer, yep. you know, and I, and I, it's really helped me yep. because I've, be, I've become so much more appreciative of the guitar in all different genres and want a guitar in my things and wanted to sing with just guitar instead of... It was always used to be me and piano back at home. It was me and mm-hmm. piano, me and piano, me and piano. And I don't know, I really love singing with guitarists. Now, but you didn't tell us, what do you hate? Besides the noodling when the soundtrack... Well, is I don't there know if there is like, anything that I hate. <clears throat> when, when you're performing... I notice when you guys... This is what I love about you guys. There's nothing I hate about performing. There's some things I can be a little bit scared of when I'm working with Bruce, cause, just because he's so fucking great. But I always know he's got my back. So this part of that scaredness is kind of like, it's all good because I'll fall and he'll catch me. That's, you know what I mean? That's what I love about you guys. Because you guys don't rehearse for three or four days in a row. and all that. We don't It's rehearse. usually one rehearsal <laughs> for 20 minutes or an hour. And then the next day is a couple of shows, right, right? Right, But I always feel like you guys, it's such at the top of your game where you, you guys play off each other so well. <clears throat> and if, like, you do something that Bruce wasn't expecting, whatever, he can catch it and vice versa. And it's, 
a little bit on the edgier seat. Oh, it is. Especially but, when I don't know the tag. And yeah. he goes, which one are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know, but you'll follow me and you <laughs> will. Whereas I know when I do other gigs, if I, we haven't worked out the tag and I don't say what we're going to do, it's kind of like everyone's waiting for me and I don't know what to do. And no one takes the lead. Right. So, you know, I don't, I don't, there's nothing I hate about working with this guy. No. You can't, so I don't, there's nothing I hate about anything, really. Right. Okay. You know. No. I mean, they can be a bit loud, but not on jazz gigs. No. no. You know. Um, I think that there's a lot of gear you can buy if you're a guitarist. And I'm learning <laughs> that right now being married to one. It's like, do you really need a another pedal? Or, is that a good thing or bad? Well, oh. All right, well, Daniel. You know, food. Daniel, you, you, I guess. You can always eat any day, but you can only get a pedal one day. You know, I guess that's the end of the show. Thank you, Danielle. Uh. And, uh, <laughs> no, but I, like what I'm... No, I you're know. right. I'm just you're learning right. so much more about it. I, coming from Australia, being the singer, there's so much stuff I didn't know about certain genres of music and stuff that I'd never heard before until I met people like Gabby and Kyle and you. Mm-hmm. And so my, my whole world opened up when I moved here musically. I was the, very much that girl that did a certain thing and if you weren't the best singer, I didn't even want to listen to it. Right. And that's fucked. Right. But that's very closed-minded, and that's how a lot of things are in Australia. Yep. So I come over here, and I've heard some songwriters that I never would have listened to before because they weren't the best singer. But their song, and then I listen to the song and what they're doing, and then I love what they do. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's not so perfect, but it's beautiful. So I've let go of a lot of that kind of shit since I've come over here, which has been really good. I think I think a lot of musicians. I know I went through that. We're a time when I was just listening to fusion and jazz, and and if you weren't playing that elite music, ah, fuck, I don't want to listen to it. And you go through that and then you start to realise that, oh man, I really need to hear a great song and there's more to it than just totally. being this technical, brilliant person. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Bruce. Really? <laughs> like, I didn't know Jackson's tunes at all. I toured with Jackson and didn't know any That's right. Tunes. How long were you with Jackson Brown? The only song I did was one song that I knew and he was kind of shocked, I think. Which one? Because mum didn't grow up, Dr. My Eyes. Dr. My Eyes, I used to do that. And yeah. Running on Empty, which is him and the Eagles, running you know. Up, yeah. But, like... My mum, my mum, I'm sorry, Jackson, but my mum listened to Ella, Frank, yep. you know, the Brecker Brothers, you know, Rufus. She, she listened to some really all funk and swing. She never listened to the Americana or the songwriter. She didn't listen to the Beatles, mum. She wasn't into that. So I didn't have that growing up. Right. So w- when you come here and you meet people that are like those fans, I know every single song, it was quite, quite a big repertoire that I had to learn. How did you get the Jackson Brown? Because I was doing, okay, so I was doing a gig with J- his band. But I didn't, they were his band, but I didn't know they were his band. Was that a Genghis? It was a Genghis, it's called right. Song and Dance Society. Yeah. And so it was Mark Onenberg and Jeff Young and Fritz and Kevin on bass. And Jackson came down and saw the gig. Right. And needed a new backing scene because his girl was pregnant. And they kept saying, he's going to ask you, he's going to ask you, he's going to ask you. And I was like, yep. And he never, I was waiting, waiting, waiting. And I went to Coachella, only time that I'll ever go to Coachella. And it was my second day there and I was dying to work out how can I get home because this is hideous. And he calls me and says, I need you, do you want to come to rehearsals tomorrow? We're going to start. And I'm like, yes. So I got to ride back with someone and started rehearsals the very next day. He sent me nothing. Yep. Like, and it was tough because I didn't know the songs. Right. So, yeah, I mean, but everyone in the audience knows every single song. They grew up yeah. listening to that, that. That's the story of their lives, all of his tunes. And they're such incredible tunes. Like he wrote some of those songs at 16. Yeah, you know. Right. So... Doing that and then hearing that kind of music and opening my, you know, just, I don't know. How long, how long did you do Jackson Brown? It was, felt longer than it was. Right. It was a long tour. Oh, yeah. Just one tour? Yeah, but it was two, like it was the did... European, then we came back and I was only supposed to do European and then they were going to bring the, ex, the other girl back with her baby and take her on the road too. And then he decided to leave it as it was and keep me in. It was with one he did with David Lindley. David Lindley and, and him opened, that was awesome. 
David Lindley's fantastic. Mm. Sharing a bus with him, he was my the highlight of the tour for me. Yeah. He was so funny. It was a tough tour? Yeah. 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 You know, tours can be tough. Is I know Jackson you talked about it this last ass? one. No, Jackson's lovely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's a very generous man. Yeah. Um, and considering he's been doing this for such a long time, because I've worked with other guys that have been doing it for as long and they're, they're total weirdos. Right. He's not like that at all. Right. He's very kind and very generous and pedantic about what he wants, you know, like does very long sound checks and everyone feels real good before they play. But, um, you know, sometimes doing tours can be hard unless you totally get on with everybody. And being on the bus, you've got to get on with the people that are on the bus with you. And unfortunately for me, that didn't happen. So I wasn't on the band, band bus or the crew bus, and I should have been. <laughs> God, I would love to be on the crew bus. <laughs> I'm so one of the guys. Right. So, yeah, that's all. I'll just leave it there. Right, okay, you okay. Know. But I was the newbie, and that's yeah. happened a lot with gigs that I've got, yeah. where I've just been called in to replace someone else, and you've got to fill these shoes, and everyone's got an opinion already before you get there, and, you know. Yeah, It's like, yeah. I'm not taking it's, anyone's job. I'm just here to do this for this thing. The politics of it. The politics of singing yeah. instead of the politics of dancing. Same thing. Yeah, yeah politics yeah. of anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I could imagine. But it was great to do it to do, and I got to see America in a bus and lots yeah. of places I'd never been before, and got to go to Europe and, you know. That'd been cool. Yeah. Really Are you kidding cool. me? Awesome. Hey, we did Glastonbury. You, you did that mm. over there? Yeah. Didn't awesome. you, didn't you yeah. sing with Four Prince? I sang at Prince's house. You did sing at Prince's house? I sang Four Prince. How was that? <laughs> That's the first time I've ever spoken about this. Really? Yeah. Is it too touchy? Am I allowed? What? I don't know if I'm allowed. Why? He's dead. You know, oh, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> he can't no, do it was it. amazing. It was, well, well, it wasn't, well, I wasn't going there to sing for him. It's one of his guys, one of his, his piano player, Morris, was, saw me at a gig at the Temple Bar. Mm-hmm. Remember the old Temple Bar in yeah. Santa Monica? Yeah. And it was when I'd been here for two years and I'd been trying, I've been doing so many gigs with my band and making no money and paying out of my own pocket to get the band even parking, you know how yeah. these gigs are in, in LA. And at the end of my set, I did Round and Round, which is a Prince tune sung yep. by Tevin Campbell. And he came up to me and he said, who are you? And I said, I'm Danielle Gahar. This is before I got married and changed my name. Yep. And um, he said, why don't I know you? you? Everybody should know of you and why don't I know you? And I went, oh, you know, yeah. I'm from Australia. And you know, and he goes, can I get your number? I, I work with Prince and, and I played on that record. In my head, I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> Because <laughs> I've been here for two years and getting the scroll of what everyone's done and no one calls me back, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he writes out on a piece of paper because he didn't have a card. I should have noticed straight away because he didn't have a card. He ran around and got like a Sharpie and wrote his name, Morris Hayes, and his phone number and got my details. And I got home and Googled him and went, oh, my God, that's the guy from, you know, New Power Generation, you know. Yeah. And then um, the very next day I'm singing in a wedding band cover gig that I was doing. So I was doing all the big gigs my first year here. Yeah. I think I was singing... Um, Man, I feel like a woman. I think that's the one I was doing right. at the time. I can't remember. And my phone was on silent, but it was going off. It was ringing and it was him. And I was like, there's no way I can answer this right now, singing this tune. I will wait. <laughs> and so I spoke to him after that and he said, we're having a jam. We're looking for a third singer. There's going to be a jam at Prince's house. So I don't know when, in a couple of days. So I spent the next three days locked in my oh. house, learning every song from the last few records because I wasn't into those as much as the earlier stuff. Yeah. And trying to get my head around all of it. And no. Sorry, I went to his house first for the party and he heard me sing at the party and recorded me and then I got called up to go for the jam because they were looking for a third singer. That's right. That's when I started learning everything. And it was when, remember that big fl- floods <coughs> and, and rain happened in Tennessee in 2008 yeah. or not, whenever in it was? Nashville with the well, Nashville in, yeah, floods? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, his drummer and bass player were married. She's girl and husband. And they went back to Tennessee 
and they couldn't get back because of the weather, so they never had the jam, so I never got to do the jam, so it was one of those things. Uh. But I went to his house, and he played for four hours straight, and he did Rolling Stones and Elvis Presley, and there was no alcohol, it was just juice and water, and there was 30 people dancing, and Maceo Park was there, and it was phenomenal, and it started at midnight, and then at the end I got, and got to sing an Earth, Wind and Fire song with the other backing singer, and then we all went up and had dessert, and I stole some of the napkins with the Prince symbol on it. <laughs> just so I could prove that I'd been there. <laughs> did and you meet him? I was kind of like when he was leaving and he sat in pyjamas and heels. Right. We were walking through, you know, like, it was phenomenal. Like, his yeah. house had a sculpture of the, had an ice sculpture coming out of the pool <laughs> of the Prince symbol with all the purple lights coming off. It was like, oh, this is a party. Yeah, of course you know, did. and incredible sound system. And he had a great, we all had dessert together and pancakes. And, yep. you know, all the cool people were there. And I was just excited just to be there. Wow. Um, a few actors and stuff. And so I met him on the way out and said, thank right. you. What do you say to the guy? You're amazing. Yeah. Like, he knows all. He already yeah. knows. He knew that shit. Yeah. I said, yeah. thank you so much for having us. It was just, thank you so much. And then I walked outside of the house and standing next to me was Anthony Michael Hall, who is the actor from The Breakfast Club. You know, that, yep. the nerdy guy who, mm -hmm. who I was freaking out because I, was, I cut to Kyle. Oh, my God, it's the guy from The Breakfast Club. The whole time we're at the party, Kyle's like, babe, you got to chill out. You have to understand, I'm from Australia, so seeing these people, to me, is like a really big deal. Still, to this day, because right. we saw them in movies, you know, read them about them on the back yeah, of a record totally. cover, and now you're working with them, you know. Yeah. And I'm, the whole time, I'm like, I can't believe that's the guy. That's the guy from The Breakfast Club, oh my God. And at the very, very end, we're standing on Prince's, you know, front doorstep, and he goes to me, wow, how surreal was that? I said, do you know what's surreal? That you're saying to this, this to me right now. And he goes, oh, thank you. And then we walked to our cars together. So, yeah, only in LA, you know. Right. Hollywood, baby. <coughs> That was, that was here and not in Minnesota. No, no, he, he lived here. He lived here for a while in the Hollywood Hills. And he said, wow. no, it was 7777, the number. And he had, it was one of those estates where you had to go and give your name and the, the thing yep. went up. And my, when my name was there, I was like, this guy's for real. Because wow. up until that point, you go, yeah, what yeah. if I get here and my name's yeah. on the door? You know, that old thing. Sure. Have you heard that song, Paul Simon's new song, Wristband? No. Of his new record? Wristband. It's about having a wristband you can't get through the door. And he goes to the gig with the and he can't get in and it's Paul Simon. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I love Paul yeah. Simon. Oh, he's, he's great. New record's really good. Damn. That's a pretty good story. Pretty good story. I hope I didn't speak too yeah. quickly for the Americans. Like, uh, do talk fast. Well, it's okay. We'll slow it down. We, we can slow it down. Okay. <laughs> now, have you got a new album? Oh, yeah. I'm, doing, I'm working on another one now. But, yeah, i got a new album. Uh, what's the album called? The album's called The Call. The Call. The Call. The, call. the Americans, it's called The Call. The Call. The, the Call. There you go, you can say it. I, is is it a telephone happening. call? No. No, it's The Call. The well, yeah, call. Are you, well, yeah, what is the reference of what kind of call? Kind of like a calling. The calling. To being okay. honest and good people. Yeah, right. It's a wake-up call, basically. Um, well, that's the song. Bruce is on the album. Bruce is on the record. Not enough, but he's on it. I was very lucky to have him couldn't get anybody else. Chapel, the end of Chapel Road. He's the special Chapel guest Road. at the end of Chapel Road. What's Which is the one we did here. That's right. What's the one, and I, I asked you to, I wanted to post Bruce's solo on it because it was so fucking badass. On which one? On High Dreams? Uh, was, was it the Mark? It's High Dreams. Uh, the quick one, right? Oh, yes, it on your balloon. Larry Golding's. Larry Golding's. No, that's song. not on the record. That's that was part that's of the special. That's not on the record. No, we recorded it. That was going to be a special edition, but we never got to, because of everything that happened last year. I feel like I should post that, life. that solo because like, Bruce, I thought it. that is so fucking badass what you did. Everything he does is badass. Yeah, that, but that was just like, Damn, that was really good. People are going to see that. Do it. Post it. Now, is is there any chance that you guys would just bust out a tune now or not? 
I'm cool with that. He hasn't spoken. This, this, Does he need this, to speak yet? Because I've just taken over the whole this show. Would, this so would be... He's, there, he's there here every show. Yeah, but he's not saying anything. Well, that, you know, I've said a few things. Like, you know, he's stuff not, he's I've talking just talked now. and talked and talked. What about our first gig together? Can we talk about that for a minute? I would love to hear... Because that was when I was when in LA. When we met. When we met. met. How did you guys meet? So... You can tell him your part and I'll tell him mine. Okay. So I've been, I was working with this great saxophone player. Oh, what's his name? What? Paulie. Paulie, who's on the now in, in Joe Bonamassa's yeah. band. Like he plays with him all the time. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And he heard me sing on something and then he called me up. He said, I've got this gig and it's a new thing. And it's starting on Thursdays and the guy that's running it's pretty green. He hasn't done it very often. The bass player. Is that the bass player? Yeah. And um, <laughs> he said, but it's a regular Thursday and I just need you to sub for someone. But I think that once they hear you, they might alternate you. One of those sort of things. I was like, cool, I'm totally down. So long story short, I get to the gig and Bruce is on the gig. And who else is on the gig? Someone else phenomenal. Uh, Plaz Johnson. It was just like, what? He did boo boo He He's the guy that plays. Every Henry Man's Emmy. He's that guy. Peter Gunn? He, yeah, he's yeah. that saxophone He's the player. quintessential tenor LA wow. guy. Here on the gig. I mean, but he was, you know, he's also done a million, Basie and I mean, a bunch of other stuff. Plaz Johnson is a... Is an icon. Yeah, he was on the gig. Nolan Shahid was on the gig, and and, and Nick Mancini. Nick Mancini. It was, and it became this every Thursday night thing that we did. That was early. We got fed and we got paid at a lovely place and parking. Yeah. Wow. That it was, was kind fun. of a, a, not, a not a typical LA gig. Now, and your, he walked in. Your yeah. side of this because he got told something about me, so he yeah. was expecting. Okay. To get yeah. Really my side deep. of the story is: I just got this gig. This guy calls me. He's real excited to have me on the gig. He'd heard me. Do this concert I did with Schofield, and um, and and he wanted me on the gig, so I said, okay, sure, you know, I'm just it's a gig, you know. My friends were on the gig, and I get there, and I didn't know him at all. I didn't know who he was, you know. So I'm just taking everybody face value. And the first thing he says to me is, I need because there was no piano player. I was the chord guy, right? And he says, I need you to talk to the singer. I said, okay, why? And he said, uh, she's Key challenge. <laughs> Thanks a lot, dude. And so, Key challenge. And so, and so I'm, I don't even know, A, what that means, but it doesn't sound good. You <laughs> no, know what I mean? It's, not, key it's, it's not the kind of thing that you want to go like, oh, great. great we're doing a jazz great. Team she's, key she's key challenge. I'm so glad to hear that. You know? <laughs> it's not one of those things you like. You get excited about when you hear And uh, so I said, okay. And he gave me two... Two... Uh, Song lists okay. had the same songs on it, but were different keys. Keys, right? And uh, and he was unsure which one was the right one, I guess. Um, and well, because he'd done this most of right, the songs in the right, original right, right. He, he does most of the original. The girls, always, the girls do, the always do it. Girls always do it. The fourth or fifth. First thing was key I mean, challenge was him. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but and so I go, okay, well that's no problem. I'll talk to her, but I could look at the chart and know which already from having played right. in my life done this. But I said, okay, I'll go talk to her. So I talked to her and there's this beautiful woman and she's just like her, just totally vivacious and super excited to be on the gig, you know, and kind of bouncing up and down. Oh, you know me, I've got I even remember what she was wearing. And, um, red shoes. That's because red she shoes, guitar, red that's shoes, why. a polka dot dress. I, mean, <laughs> oh I thought she God. was like Orphan Annie or something. You know? <laughs> that was a vintage dress, thank you. <laughs> it did have polka dots. Though. It did, very okay, good. Okay. 1939. So, anyway, so, it's, um, <clears throat> so I'm talking to her and she's just, oh, I'm so excited to be here. It's so nice to meet you. And I'm like, going, yeah, yeah, great. You know, I'm like, what key are we going to do? You know, I'm just making sure you're happy. And oh, and the first thing it was like, uh, 
which one of the, you would and you just oh any key is fine is what her answer to everything was we can do it in any key i can do it in any key really. pretty much that's what she said and i'm like now i'm worried <laughs> because key challenged any key. Any key. She looks <laughs> like she's 12 years old. You know what I mean? I look like, like I'm 12. God, I love you more. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm going like, okay, this is going to be interesting. And I said, well, you know, these are the keys that women usually sing. You know, I mean, I said, these are the keys. Well, it, she said, but no, really, I, okay, if those are the keys, those are my keys, that's fine. But, you know, I could do it in any key. She's assuring me. And I'm like getting more worried the more she's assuring me. <laughs> and then I said, okay, well, we'll work it out. And then I go back. And really, the problem was the bass player was not really a bass. He's a bass owner. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he really, he, he had trouble even playing it in the original right. keys. Yep. And so, like, doing it in another key, I don't think, this was before, I think, the iPads with the, oh, yeah, no, with the transposers. Right. And um, anyways, so I, we, I just figured, you know, Honey's Uncle Rose, it's usually an F. I'm, it was his key. She, B flat was the other. I, I say, that's her key. You know, B flat. We'll do it in B flat. Yeah. You know, and, and he, and like right away we start playing and he's horrible. Right. So like, I'm basically the bass player and the guitar player now. I'm just kind of holding on, helping everybody out. Mm-hmm. And um, she sings her ass off. Right. And And all I'm thinking is like, Wow. Beginner's luck. That was nice. I'm thinking like I'm thinking, wow, beginner's luck, you know, she got that one off really good. This is cool, you know, and so we did the next one. And same thing, I picked the girl's key and she she just like killed it. And I was like going, Wow, two out of two, that's really you know, I'm still like thinking beginner's luck she should really have gone to vegas and bet instead of played the gig you know because with those kind of odds you're doing great you know (laughs) (laughs) and so uh and so like we start the third tune and she starts singing and like nick mancini was right next to me he was playing vibes was it a ballad yeah it was something and i looked at nick and i just said she's like really good and he said Duh, haven't you heard her? <laughs> <laughs> He's like down the gig with Nico. I, just, I had yeah. just I had just didn't believe you it the first it tune. It was gonna be the worst. It was, luck, it was just luck. It was just luck. A beginner, you know, she got one off. Oh, it was in her sweet spot, you know, yeah. everything was right, you know, it's gonna go to South. And like by the third tune, she's like, it's like getting it's like I mean, and and, and I and like Nick goes, Yeah, haven't you heard her the whole time? And I said, No, but I mean like really good. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, he goes, yeah, you know, like duh, and like didn't you know? And well, you know, it didn't really set me up. I mean, it was almost like a candid camera kind of moment. Right. And then after and that, then he emailed me, and then it was cool. Yeah. He emailed, we, I got home, and the next day I got an email from him. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, because I got home going, oh my god, babe, I just did the best gig. It was one of those, like, oh, these people were in the band, and it was so good, and da 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 da. And then the next morning, there's an email from Bruce talking about how great can we work together, and I was just like. It's one of those ones I've kept. Like I got one from you and a couple of emails where I've gotten that I kind of like they go in the good room. Yeah. You want to put them in a frame and, you know, that's in the pool room. Yeah. That's one of them. And then I met your wife. Yeah. We came down to the first cowboy gig that was in near Pasadena. What's that area? That restaurant. Oh, 322. Right. And you sat in. Right. She came up to me and she went, honey. I gotta hear you because all he's been talking about is you and you're singing. And I was like, okay. She was like, man, he never does that, she said. (laughs) So. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how we met. And, uh, 
Wow. Yeah, it was really set up. I mean, that's also the same bass player who was on the gig where we met. Yeah. And you so stole the amplifier. Well, I, well, you I, I removed it to make a point. <laughs> right? Maybe we can blame him for all of this. <clears throat> I'm, I mean, you know, it's, he's done something good. He did. Right. He emailed me again the other day. Oh, really? Mm. He, he emailed me and and that's so funny. And, and you know, to call me if like I was if the if the thing was thawed. What? You know, and I was like, dude. I said, you know, I'm not. I don't really. Obviously, it's it's water under the bridge and everything but and i'm not here to litigate the past but this it's really bad and it, what's worst is how you still have yet to <clears throat> accept how bullshit it was you know how am i gonna forgive you if you know if you're walking around just like taking shits and making p other people clean them up you yeah. know and he like went oh well i guess you're too you know he, he made some snide comment about me not being willing to be adult enough to move oh, on or some shit you know and meanwhile i'm thinking you know i didn't say anything about have you learned to play yet you know or you know that kind of i mean i, I could have you said that right. you know i mean i mean should. really i would consider the gig can you send me a, like a recent recording where you're actually can keep your place in the song and, and play the right notes you know in in time you know but I'll even take out a tune. Just just the right notes in time would be okay. But that wasn't the deal with him. The deal was he was recording without your permission. Oh, the right? deal oh, yeah, was he made, a, he, he made a recording and they put out a record and then they sent me a recording contract that was so just just insulting. Right. That, that, that First of all, I was promised that the recording was only for to help him get more gigs. He ended up releasing it with somebody else. And then he wanted me to sign some horrible thing that I'd never see a dollar from it and, you know, and never have any rights to it. Or, you know, it's like, it's like, he should have offered me some money. And, you know, and he didn't. I mean, and, and so I said, no, this is not cool. You know, and then I, I sent him back a letter because his letter kind of like came from a lawyer. And I sent him a letter back saying, well, no, since you've decided to illegally record me, you have to pay my full rate. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I would have gladly had a friendly conversation with you and worked something out. Uh, but uh, being that you did this, this is what I, my demands are, and he just ignored it and went ahead and put the thing out wow. and con continued to promise to give me money. That was the thing he kept telling. He kept telling coming, me, that, okay, that again, you and that, that the night? night you came was the night he was going to give me the money. And he waited wow. till the ad end of the gig when it's like, okay, he gave me the money for the gig. No, so he gave us all hundred bucks for the right, gig. Right, right, the gig. Where's the, where's the rest of the money from? You said you were going to pay me for the mm -hmm. se session. Says, oh well, it didn't work out. She couldn't get it together. He's always blaming it on the other woman whose record, you know, who was the singer. And uh, I just couldn't believe. Like, he, of course, he didn't tell me at the beginning because I might have not played the gig. Exactly. You know? And uh, but it's just so wrong. It's just so wrong. And uh, I took his bass amp. <laughs> and Kyle, my husband, was in the car park when he was doing it. Yeah. And he said it was like old school. It's like back in the day when they'd take shit. That's... Fuck you, I'm going to take this car. You owe me money, you know? When you told me, I was just like, <laughs> oh, fuck, Bruce is like old mafia style. Mm. He's like, he's old hardcore. School. He doesn't fuck around. But I'm really not. He's I not. mean, <laughs> and I, I gladly gave it back because I didn't want responsibility for it in case it broke or anything. Right. You know, I mean, I'm not that way. I just wanted to prove a point. Yeah. Make him worry about it. Make him realize what it's like to have people take your shit yeah. without paying for it. But clearly yeah. he didn't realize it. Of course not. And, you know, and uh, he threatened me and I laughed at him. I says, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Call the police. Threatened <laughs> me with what? 
Well, huh? How can he threaten you? You've stolen something. Threaten me, threaten me. Uh, you know, you've stolen my property. I says, well, wait you've a minute. Stolen mine. <laughs> well, I mean, what? But they're gonna okay. Wait a minute. You were working a gig with a guy. The guy took your amp. Why don't you just go get it? Exactly. Why are you bothering the police? Yeah. You know, it's like you know where it is. You know who's got it. You go get and it. And all I had to say is he let me have it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, the police are not going to get involved here. My brother's right. a DA. I know how this shit works. Yeah, right. You know, it's like, <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, my father was a judge. I know how this oh, shit wow. works. So it's like, <clears throat> but I, I just wanted to give it back because I didn't want to hear from him. I didn't want it in my life. I wanted him to worry about needing a new amp, to worry about having his shit stolen because yeah, yeah. that was uh, just my way of showing you, see, this is what this feels like. Okay. You we go you go to a gig with a realistic ex expectation that the rest of the band isn't going to steal your shit. Absolutely. Right, and usually it doesn't happen. Yeah. I went to the I went to that gig being recorded with the realistic expectation that he was not going to use that recording for anything commercial. He stole it. You know, what I mean. So well, there you have it. That's pretty much the exact Miles, same situation. Miles Davis probably would have shot him. Well, in the movie, he would have. In real life. <laughs> in the movie, yeah. he would have. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of the, you know, I don't believe any of that stuff. You know, they just need he to He might be. have just done a bit of a, you know, something bad. Might right. have shot him, but he might have. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, anyways, if this guy shoots like he plays, he wouldn't hit anything. <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> I love it. Well, the, so that's how Guitar Wank got together. Yeah. That's amazing. I still. I but still, you came to Tar Pit first. Sorry? The Tar Pits gig first. That's when I first met you. And then you came to this gig second. Remember, the, it's the tar pits in on La Brea. Yes, that's when you first yeah. came. That's when you came with with Tanya. With she Tanya. brought you to there after Tanya that gig. Here. And Tanya's Tanya Tanya is kicking butt. That I got. A, I, she got me a gig in Stockholm. Oh, she did. Through her, through her people. That's how I got to the gig in Stockholm. Did you see her? No, she was in Australia when oh. I was there, and then I came into Australia and she came back. Like we missed each other, like literally in the air. I keep telling them to come out. I'd love her to come out. Yeah, and visit. she should. She's great. She's another badass. Yeah. Where can people, so I don't forget this. Oh, God. Where do people get your album? Oh, everywhere. It's on all those places. The Spotify's, Shitify's. Okay. It's on Tidal. It's on iTunes. If they so want to buy it, they, they want can to buy it, it on they got to get it through me. If they want to buy it, they can buy it on all those things. If they want Danielle the hard copy, they got to get it me. Only from you. Yeah, Bandcamp. Not CD Baby. No, no I haven't, haven't got it set up. Is I'm it DanielleDeAndrea.com? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Spell your last name um, so people know. Oh, her and first it's also Bandcamp is where you can buy. And her first name has two N's. Danielle D A double N I E double L E. Why should I say this before I've actually shown the product? Then no one's going to write this down until they hear. Well, we got people who listen okay. sometimes. No, well, Danielle, there's a couple. Yeah. Okay, by now they've probably turned it off. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we have some people who right? start listening. You know. Andrea is D E space capital A N D R E A. Where's Andrea from? It's Italian. D'Andrea. Oh, he's a wog. He's a wog too. Sicily? Very good. Right. Yeah, they, Sicilian. Yeah. 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 Okay, there you go. I know my wogs. Yeah. <laughs> Italian man. Well, should we break? Should we? This is a two year thing. We've, you know, we've never, ever. We've never, we've never, we've never done a live. We've never played on this. Bruce has picked up the guitar yeah. once, where Dweezil's once ever did, picked and, up a guitar. And, and yeah, and, Bruce, and, it, and it, it, it weirded people out. Um, did Dweezil do this? Dweezil did this. Nice. Yeah. 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 He picked it up for a second and did something. I sang on his record. And yeah? Yeah. He sang on Dweezil. I the songbirds. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that's another act that we recorded the songbirds yeah. here. No. We okay. did, yeah. It was we can't great do that. fun. Yeah, I, I'm sure that happens a lot. Yeah, it's like, there's, there's oh, a I'm moving. There's the chicks that are cool, and then there's we, the chicks come on, that are Come on, they're women. The they're not chicks. Chicks are birds. Women. 
Well, we say chick singers. Oh, everything's got to be so political. It's, I'm, it's, it's, time. it's time. Let's go. Well, you know, what? you um, know, if you're lucky. What do you say? <laughs> what do you say? It's a new. It's a new year. We have to. We, let's let's be the let's be the vanguards of all this. All right. Let's see if we, see if we can see if, see if we can still be funny without sex or humor. Oh God! Without humor, I can't funny do that. Humor. I'm going to try. What are you going to do to be funny? That is what funniness is, being humor. Having humor. Oh, I just played on, on the thing. Are we going to turn you in? The tampon. Um, you, tampon. You turn me off? I said tampon. Tampon? <laughs> tampon. I meant to say amp on. I said tampon. 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 Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, this. Uh, you, you're our first female guest, except we had um, Richard, Richard Smith's Smith. wife. That, but she was an official guest. I'm very honoured to be so here. So you're the first guest. And, and, and it, it's so fitting because you're the queen of Guitar Wing. I love being the put, queen of Guitar you Wing. Put that, you put us together. You put me and, me and Bruce together. So that's pretty badass. What a team. Cool. That's awesome. What would you What's like to, to sing? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. Just I a little standard. Like, for, quite a few years, for quite a few weeks. So, um, Force yourself. Oh, no. I mean, I'm just <laughs> saying. I've sung in my house, you know. What do you want to do? You want to do something, a jazz thing? Yeah, like a tune, just a song. Oh, you pick one. Me okay. pick one. You want to do in the West Small Hours? Uh, sure, up? sure. We yeah? can do that, yeah. Okay. okay. Wow, I haven't heard this from. Remember what key we do that in? Was it C? One. No, it's not Is C. Is it A, maybe? When the sun beats high. No, no. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Alright, so this is... Do I just face him? You can just sing wherever you want. Yeah, it's wherever just... you want. It'll be, it'll be good. I'm sure it'll be good. Right? Yeah. Is, it, is this unexpected? I think this is one of the songs we actually did that night. Because yeah. I realised throughout the gig that I was like, this guy could play anything. I was going to start going, can you do this? And like, it was just me and him in the end. For some part of the song. The show. We, uh, we've got to give the viewers, we really do got to do a session with you guys and stream it. When the sun beats high in the afternoon sky, you can always find something to do. But from dusk till dawn Oh, I'm in the wrong key. I'm right. As the clock ticks on I am wrong. But from dusk till dawn Was I right? Yeah. As the clock ticks on Something happens to you In the wee small hours of the morning while the whole wide world is fast asleep You lie awake and think about the boy And never ever think of Colin Sheep When your lonely heart has learned its lesson You'd be his if only he'd call in the wee small. 
time you miss him most goes over just at the right time. Right. I did something wrong with the intro. No. Yeah, I didn't go to the right part, did I? It sounded right to me. As the clock, I didn't do that. I didn't go ba ba da. I went to a different note. As the clock. You played the harmony. I was like, what the fuck was that? Well, you know. After me being so I could sing any key. Jesus. Let's do one that's it's kind of faster. Okay, what do you want to do? Blackbird, sunny side of the seat. Blackbird. Blackbird. What key? Oh my mom, that was her favorite. Hang on. Probably C. I think it's C. Back, back. No one here can love. What is that? The bridge? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Want to start with that? Uh, yeah. Okay. No one here can love or understand me. Oh, what hard luck stories they're gonna hang. Wow, me. I made my bed and light the light. Cause I'll be home late tonight. Blackbird. Bye bye. Back up on my caring woe, here I go, singing low. Bye, bye, blackbird. When somebody waits for me, sugar sweet, so was he. Bye, bye, blackbird. Yeah. No one here can love or understand. Oh, oh, oh. 
gonna help me Gonna make my bed and light the light I'll be home late tonight Blackbird, bye-bye I'm here. Come on, we gotta do something. So Seriously. Badass. It's fucking ridiculous. Make a whole record, just like that. Yeah. 